When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And now it's time for the TOT cast with your hosts, Chris O'Kranitz and Ryan Greco. And I'd like to welcome everybody back to the TOT cast. My name, of course, is Ryan Greco. And we are here on the Fan Sided Network. To my left is the editor of tipofthetower.com, Chris O'Kranitz. And always be sure you can hit us up on Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can also hit me up personally at Ryan Greco416. You can hit up Chris at Chris O'Kranitz. And always be sure to like our Facebook page, Tip of the Tower. Now, in this Raptors edition of the TOT cast, We'll be breaking down last night's home opener victory at the ACC with the Raptors edging out the Indiana Pacers 106-99. to Chris. And we'll also be taking a look at expectations on the season for the Raptors, including what Messiah Jury thinks. We also have a little fun with these expectations in the form of an over-under game where we dive into things such as total wins, player expectations, and even how many games will Bruno Caboclo appear in this year. So, Chris, last night the Toronto Raptors were able to successfully kick off their 2015-2016 season their home opener against the Indiana Pacers was a success, a 106-99 win. And uh, I actually just wanted to get some of your thoughts on everything that happened, especially considering the fact that the Raptors were able to come back from a considerable deficit in the first half, close the gap by halftime, and were able to walk away with the win. Your thoughts? Well, seeing tonight's game, I mean, it's the third quarter stood out. They really put things together, uh, riding the back of Jonas Valanciunas, who put together a night that everybody's kind of been hoping would happen. This offseason, there's a lot of talk about JV going to take that next step forward in his progression as a player. And um, tonight was a great start. 21 points, 15 boards, only two turnovers, four fouls. I mean, what more could you ask for from the big guy? Um, I know when we were watching the game, you touched a bit about Kyle Lowry and then the play that he had, and you really liked the way that he stepped up and led the team in the second half. Yes, absolutely. He um, he definitely was able to put it all together, and uh, he made some big shots down, down the stretch. He was also able to properly facilitate. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot, a lot more. It's. I think the best way you could put it is, is this team is is very is considerably different from what they were having last year. Um, they had guys who were able to come off the bench and score in buckets. Nowadays, or sorry, now this year, you're going to see a lot of guys who need the ball to be given to them, not necessarily be able to create shots on their own, unless they were a, you know, unless it was Corey Joseph or you look at a guy like Luis Scola. You know, you could give him the ball in the post and let him work, but he still needs to get the ball in the first place. So Lowry's going to be. Uh, definitely expected to be the guy who's going to be the facilitator moving forward uh, for both the starting lineup and for some of the guys coming off the bench in the first rotation. It's funny you mentioned that about the facilitating and how these guys are a lot of different players that can score with the, without the ball in their hands and kind of make things happen without it. Um, a lot of that starts with Lowry and his bulldog mentality and how they like to kind of take after that. 
And uh, one player in particular they brought over in the offseason who they said was going to kind of mold and shape the Raptors' dynamic was uh, Damari Carroll. There was a scary moment for him tonight when it looked like he kind of went down with that elbow arm injury. With 1.45 to go and a, a foul on Biombo. That's his second. He is still down. Landed with his hand, hands first, though. He has left wrist. wrist. Yeah. So it looked like for a second there he had a wrist or elbow. I mean, you can hear Jack Armstrong saying he's grabbing his wrist. Um, the Raptors' Twitter feed was pretty quick to update that. It ended up just being an elbow contusion, which, thank God for Raptors Nation, because <laughs> it was a real scary sight there. I mean, Damari Carroll had a great night. He held Paul George to 4 of 17 shooting, and he was a fit for him all night long. And you kept saying the perimeter defense drastically improved just by having Damari Carroll there and finally seeing a true small forward. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a long guy. He's a long guy, and he doesn't have a slow feed. He comes from the Atlanta Hawks team that won the East by literally playing the epitome of a team. Um, and they didn't have a Steph Curry or Clay Thompson in their backcourt to uh, to backstop them. I mean, they had some talented players, but and Tamari Carroll was every part of that as everybody else. Before we go even further, I'm just loving the fact that Kyle Lowry, he's shown up to this season his entire career, whether it was high school, whether it was college, whether it was in the NBA, he... He people would always try and give him the bulldog mentality, which is how he attacked the rim. And he always looked like a bulldog. He was a bit rounder. He he definitely played that fully that Philly basketball where I'm going to go straight to the hoop. There's going to be nothing flashy about it. And kudos to him for showing up from the off season, going into training camp, literally looking more like an Allen Iverson esque type of physique. I know, I know I'm pushing it. I know I'm pushing it, Chris, but it was really nice to see him really take care of himself in the offseason. And, uh, and on, on top of that, honestly, between that and the additions of, of the guy backing him up, I mean, I, I'm sure you there's there's been a lot of, uh, of hopeful things. You were very pleased when they uh, added this uh, young Canuck. Yeah, it was nice to see Corey Joseph get added to the team, especially somebody who can facilitate the second unit now and kind of distribute the ball and actually bring some continuity and stability to a second unit that at times last year would mix and match guards and kind of... Those guys weren't doing that. Yeah, they kind of... I don't want to say they didn't have an identity because they did, but they kind of lacked a consistent scoring presence and somebody who could kind of keep the unit in line and keep it in order. So hopefully Corey Joseph will be that guy. But you talked about big performances and kind of shedding weight and more or less stepping up. I mean, what about DeMar DeRozan tonight? He had a rough game. He kind of struggled from the charity stripe early on. But that, that shot that he made over Paul George at the end of the game there, the contested three, the uh, contested jump shot, sorry, was was one heck of a shot. I mean, he had a rough night, but that's one way to to keep the night rolling. Well, despite Lowry's uh, success last year, DeRozan still completely believes and feels like he's the man here. Uh, from what I've seen from how he's uh, been instituted in the offense, really Kyle Lowry going off the way that he did last year had more to do with the fact that he didn't have DeRozan to help with the scoring share. Uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of talk around the city about the the fact that, you know, if well, at least this is how I feel. I I honestly believe that if if Lowry if DeRozan hadn't have gone down with that injury, he's he's an all-star for the second year in a row. Not only that, you might have not even seen the kind of production you were getting from Kyle Lowry to get that so can the two coexist that's a good question because to be perfectly honest like both guys need the ball to make something special happen they're not very great players off the 
off the ball. I, I think that's been like, and, and to find those kind of guys in this league, the guys that are willing to accept their movement and the extra effort every single night in and night out, getting, you know, getting those movements and those screens and those cuts and those picks and things of that nature, playing team basketball, I guess you could say it's an, it's an old adage and it's, it's something that people will love to, you know, point to as the good old days. But to be perfectly honest, that's what wins championships. It's something we were talking about off the air. It's, you know, there's no complete team. Go ahead, man. Well, I mean, to kind of piggyback that point of can these guys play without the ball in their hands, we've kind of seen the Raptors slowly get away from the iso ball in the preseason this year. Yep. I don't know if that's going to stick going forward because it's only the preseason, so you can't read too much into it. Yep. But last year this team was a very, very ISO-heavy offense. You think they're going to move away from that a little bit this year, or is it going to be a whole bunch of Lowry ISO, DeRozan ISO, maybe just a low-block pitch or a little high pick-and-pop with Valanchunas? Or... If, it's it, it's kind of struggling to find identity offensively, I find. If the team starts slow, absolutely. They're going to go back to what they're doing. Uh, because the 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 main core and the main identity of this team is still here, and the starting five that you're seeing is more or less the same guys that you saw last year, with the exception of Demari Carroll. Um, when Lou Williams and Grievous Vasquez were coming off the bench, I remember screaming at the TV constantly because <laughs> these guys would prefer to take the lo- the 35 foot three over trying to work an offense. They they literally and the thing about it is that that is all fine and dandy when you're playing in the Eastern Conference throughout the regular season, but that crap does not fly in the playoffs as we've seen as we saw when we got absolutely washed by Washington, no pun intended, but I mean I'm I'm still pissed about that to be perfectly honest. <laughs> well, kind of to transition away from tonight's game, let's talk about the season and the expectations this team has as a whole. Uh earlier today, Masai Jury part of the day. I like this. <laughs> Masai Jury go. was on uh, Sportsnet, the Fan 590 with Bob McCown, and he kind of touched a bit upon what the expectations are for this team, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, I think we will be better defensively. I, I don't know if uh, uh, offensively. I think that's going to come with time, and we will have to figure it out. When you put teams together and you you make additions or subtractions. Honestly, the fairest thing is sometimes it looks good on paper, sometimes it looks okay, sometimes you you think you fill that void. But you have to wait to see it happen on you know like on the basketball court. All of us can make good, great teams on paper, you know, but they they actually have to play. I don't know your thoughts, Chris. It's I mean it sounds like exactly what we were thinking, and I'm sure many other Raptors fans are thinking. What's the identity of this team? Yes, there's been such a focus on defense this offseason, which frankly, probably diminished a little bit of the offense. That's not a bad thing, in my opinion, because like Majuri, like Messiah Jury said, offenses take time to kind of figure out. They're going to go through their growing pains, whether they like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not, transitioning away from things like ISO basketball. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's an entire culture shift. It's a whole different thing of sets. It's working new guys into the offense. It's, it's a lot of different moving parts and elements that are going to take time to kind of adjust to. Uh, defensively, though, how could you not like some of the improvements we've made, especially with Tamari Carroll for starters, mm-hmm. Bismack Biombo down low. Yeah, yeah, it's frustrating watching him. him yeah, it's frustrating watching him miss four foot lay-ins like we saw tonight early in the first quarter. But you know what? Defensively, what he's going to bring to the table is going to be a huge upgrade in the second unit. Even a guy like Scola, his defensive positioning. His famous hustle back down the court, full-out sprints, mm-hmm. that's going to make a world of a difference that I think is going to actually not only help on the defensive end, it's going to help the team as a whole because things like that, you 
just the culture shock it's going to bring to a Raptors team that's already kind of taking on the identity, like we said earlier, of a Lowry or Carroll and the Bulldog work ethic type mentality. It's only going to build, and you're going to have more guys that are going to work harder. And I really truly believe that what Demari Carroll said in the offseason about they're going to bring it every night. Mm-hmm. Is We're going to see that. So I know I'm kind of dancing around the question like a jury was. And it's tough to actually pinpoint. We don't know. How, yeah, like we, you really we don't, don't, know. You don't know. You just don't know. Now it comes to one of my favorite parts of the night. Uh, this is something that uh, uh, our good, our, our master statistician here, Chris O'Kranitz, has been working very diligently on uh, to bring pose some questions to both our wonderful listeners and each other, actually, and the expectations for the Raptors season. So it's a little bit of over-under time. Yeah, Let's I thought this would be a good way just to kind of rapid fire out these questions and uh, provide some over-unders, you know, a little Las Vegas-style betting here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nothing's on the line yet, but maybe we'll sprinkle a little stuff in there and make it fun. I mean, Chris has his DraftKings shirt on, so he's ready to go. (laughs) He's always ready to go, though. Yeah, I'm always ready to lay down something. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll get started with uh, some over-unders on team bets. So I'll I'll pose this one to you right away, Ryan. Total wins for the season. The Westgate Superbook in Vegas, Jay Cornegie out there. Good guy, set some tough lines, but overall great guy. 46 and a half wins, over under. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over and I'll keep it brief. Um, this team, personally, in my honest opinion, has only gotten better because they still have managed to keep, keep a lot of their offensive firepower and they've gotten better defensively. And you're going to lock down the Eastern Conference, especially. You're facing a very, as good as Boston has gotten and as good as New York has gotten, a marginally better New York, really. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Knicks fans, but you're not really that good still. It's a work in progress. <laughs> But they're yeah they're they're still going to be able to beat up on the Atlantic Division. They're still going to be able to relatively get breeze through the Eastern Conference, and they're still going to be able to walk away with a couple of wins out west. So I'm going to say over. Yeah, I'll take the over as well, unless they have a colossal meltdown on the West Coast road trip, or oh, yeah. they blow a game or two here and there to teams like the Sixers. And I mean, you say the Knicks aren't that good. What about the Brooklyn Nets? They're not really that great either. So I mean, <laughs> oh, those are games the Raptors got to win. Little this brother. Year. Yeah, seriously. So <laughs> give me the over. Um, okay. Next one, Raptors in, Raptors in the All-Star game. The game's here in Toronto this year. How many are going to be in there? One half, over-under. I got to say over again. You think I, the fans are really going to vote two two players in the game this year? Absolutely. Not only just that, Drake's going to be leaning in on the All-Star balloting and voting. I'd be surprised. Honestly, that should have been another over-under. Is, is Drake going uh, <laughs> to be performing? And All right, I got a question for you, Chris. Drake's uh, performing in the All-Star game. I'm, to finish the question, I'm going to say over, Lowry and DeRozan, as long as they stay healthy. Uh, my dark horse, my dark horse for that one, would be Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to argue with that. I, I'm going to be contrarian and take the under here. I think there's going to be one, and after that, it's going to be hard-pressed. I mean, you look at the East, there's a lot of players for them to get voted in over. It's true. I mean, especially if you look at a guy like JV, don't underestimate the fans in New York if Robin Lopez has a good, or sorry, Brooke Lopez has a really good year. Mm-hmm. Don't underestimate Kevin Love getting a lot of votes. There, there's a lot of lot of good players, even even a Chris Bosh return here. Mm-hmm. Hassan Whiteside, if he has a great season, um, I'll, I'll vote under. I'll take the one, being Kyle Lowry, and I'm going to hope for two, but I'm going to take the one. I don't trust the fans to make the right decision. All I got to <laughs> say is Yao Ming, more more votes than Michael Jordan. Hey, that's thanks to China, man. <laughs> I got one for you, Chris. All right? So this one I'm just coming up off the of, off of fly. So Drake's in the concert for opening, for doing the halftime for the All-Star game. 
What song is he going to start the set off with? Because I know we've had some fun with this at the Super Bowl. Uh, I made so, some good money off this. So here, here are your choices, though. I'm going to give you your choices, okay? Find Your Love, uh, Bling Hotline, or Hotline Bling, Hotline sorry. Bling, yeah. Hotline Bling. Sorry, kids. I'm still not, I'm not up to the music like I used to be. <laughs> or Back to Back. Nah, I don't think it'll be any of those. I think it's going to be 0 to 100 or trophies. I like it. But at the same time, this is Drake. And this is the all-star game in his hometown. I'd I expect this to be OVO Fest winter edition, and he's going to go nuts and bring in a whole bunch of people. Jerseys are going to be black and gold and white and gold, mark my words. Yeah, All-star no. jerseys, black and gold, white and gold. I don't care what anyone says. That's how it's going down. All right, hit me with another one, man. Next one, uh, seating in the Eastern Conference, four and a half, over-under. Man, that's a tough one. Well, if I took the over on the wins, they'd have to be above. Well, keep in mind, too, that the seeding isn't going to be you win the division and you're four or lower this year. Yeah. They've changed that, so. I know, but is there going to be really any, is there going to be more than, than four teams in the NBA Eastern Conference this year that's going to win more than 45 games? Well, two to seven is pretty muddled. You can make a good case for anybody from two to seven, including Miami's revamped lineup, even the Milwaukee Bucks. So, you tell me, four and I'm, a half, over, under. I'm going to say, I'm going to still take the over uh, for the simple fact that this team still has the entire Atlantic the I, I understand that obviously Miami could get revamped. They're they're probably actually gonna as a matter of fact, Miami will probably make it to the East Finals against Cleveland, in my opinion. Um but uh the Wizards took a step back this year. The Hawks took a step back this year. And and I'm saying this as a straight homer with absolutely no research. Those teams are trash. Go Raptors. That's a over, homer answer. Over. Over. We're taking the over. I'll take them over. I got them finishing at four. Give me a Cleveland one, Atlanta two, Washington three, Raptors four. Screw Washington. <laughs> but, I mean, you know what? Chicago could easily surpass them and bump them to five, but I'll kind of be a little homer here. I forgot about those four. clowns. Yeah, you know, don't don't sleep on Fred <laughs> Hoiberg, man. That pace is going to get up this year. Yeah, next one. Let's go. So, playoff series one, a half. Are they going to win a round, yes or no? No. No. Another no. first-round exit. Absolutely. I'm saying they win one round and they get smashed by Cleveland in the second round because mm. it's LeBron's East and we all just playing it. <laughs> next one. <laughs> so this one's a little bit of fun here, considering we have their pick next year. Well, yes. the lower pick between or the higher pick between the uh, Nuggets and Knicks. This is where we get the calculators out, kids. Pay attention. Professor Chris <laughs> is in session. Where does the Raptors get this pick next year in the first round? It will be the lower pick, or sorry, the higher pick between the Knicks and the Nuggets. Eight and a half. Will it be the eight and a half pick? Higher or lower? So over or under? How is Denver supposed to be this year? I haven't really been paying attention. They're in, they're they're on the verge of rebuilding as well. So they're not uh, they're not expected to finish too high in the West. A lot of pundits got them picked anywhere from as high as tenth to as low as thirteenth. So Some even great. lower, but ten to thirteen is a general consensus for them. But that still puts them in the playoffs in the East, so overall. <laughs> Well, I, so that's I don't know if I go that high. I mean, I think Denver will probably finish. Denver, New York will probably finish around. I'm gonna say the eighth and ninth worst teams in the league, and then we're playing the lottery, which can be fun. So that means, okay, all right, go. Ahead. I like it. All right, if my 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 answer, I'm gonna say the, I'm gonna say the over because I think both of those teams are gonna overachieve this year. Okay, I'm gonna say that we get a we pick lower than eight and a half, just because this town, well, this whole darn sports city has never had any luck, 
and we're going to luck out and get lower this year. That, those ping pong balls are going to fall in our favor. Because so, you said so. Well, shoot, why not, right? I mean, <laughs> this city hasn't had anything else lucky, so why not? All right. And then let's get into some rapid fire here about some player props. Okay. Jonas Valanciunas points per game, 13.5, over under. Over. His offensive game is, is, is his bread and butter. It's what's going to get him paid in this league when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'll take the over, too. I think he's going to finally play some fourth quarter minutes this year, and this will be the breakup for JV, and we're going to feel like we got him on a steal of a contract this offseason. Mm-hmm. DeMar DeRozan, points per game, 22, over-under. Under. Really? Yes. How come under? Kyle Lowry still takes a lot of shots. Jonas Valanciunas is going to eat into his into his uh, opportunities. And uh, you still have Damari Carroll, who's, you know, he was he was a guy on ESPN Fantasy last year. He was averaging about 16.7 fantasy points per game. If you were looking into everything else that was going on uh, with that team, uh, and that was a team with a very well-balanced attack. This team, is, I find, is, is a little bit more well-balanced this time around. And, uh, yeah, I just think that JV will eat into his shots overall more than anything. I'm going to take the under as well, but just barely. I think he finishes the season with 21, 21 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to get his when nights when he can shoot. If that mid-range jumper, if he can stop selling for long twos and kind of take the Warriors approach where that long two has to either be a three yeah. or he's got to get closer to the basket, he's going to get his. This guy can score at will. Defensively, he's still a bit of a liability, but, hey, he can fill the cup up. So Absolutely. And you I'll, know what? Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but honestly, at the very end of the day, the one that no, we haven't talked about yet even, Terrence Ross. This is a big year for him, too. I mean, tonight wasn't very impressive when you look at almost three minutes and three fouls. And he's another guy, but he's another guy. If he's on, he can eat into DeMar DeRozan's shots. Like you say all the time with him, you don't score 51 points in the league by accident and set a franchise record, right? Yeah. So, building off DeRozan's points per game. Mm Mm-hmm. DeRozan's shots per game. You know he's a volume scorer. Mm-hmm. 17.5 shots per night. Over, under. Over. Over? Definitely. I'm going to take the over as well. I think he'll shoot something like 8 for 19, mm-hmm. even 9 for 19, and he'll get to the charity strike more, but I'll, I'll take the over there. Uh, Corey Joseph, assists per game, 4.5. Over, under. Under. He's not going to get the playing time to do it. He's he, not going to get the playing time to do it. See, this is this is a line that I kind of... I kind of struggle with. I think four, four and a half is exactly where he's going to fall around. So I'm going to take the under there just because I feel like it's going to be four, four and a half. Five assists a night is a lot of assists. It is. That's him. To, to average that as a bench point guard? I, Most yeah, starters in the league can't average that. Yeah, I mean, if you're starting point guard and you're playing about the 30 to 35 minutes a night that we're going to see Kyle Lowry play, yeah. six to eight is a pretty darn good number, Yeah, especially in today's league. But if the Raptors do want to move the ball like they're saying as much as they do this season and kind of evade away from this whole iso ball, five is a reasonable number for him to reach. But until I actually see that happen, i got to take the under. Well, he's never averaged anything more than, f- what, four even? He's never averaged more than f- for what three assists per game? I'd have to check. I mean, he's played limited minutes, but when he did start last year for Tony Parker when he was injured, uh, he was pretty darn good there. Yeah, he put up some solid numbers. I mean, it wasn't anything that's going to blow you away, but mm, it was more than serviceable. Yeah, and he'd do that here too if Lowry went down. I have no, I have no doubt in my mind. So let's say you say Lowry going down over under for Kyle Lowry games played seventy two and a half. Seventy two and a half. Um, I'm going to definitely take the under, uh, and I'll say why. You know what? No, no, I'm going to change that. I'm going to take the over. The guy's physically done everything he possibly could to get himself in the best shape possible. Only problem is he's got a reckless style of play. He likes to attack the basket. He likes to go into bigger bodies. And he's got less of that weight. Excuse me. He's actually got less of that weight now. 
he might even be more he might even be faster. I'm I'm going to I'm going to take the over for for the simple fact that the guy is just healthier now. He's never looked better. And the only thing I see him getting injured for is like a lot of things in the NBA, a freak accident, a rolled ankle or someone kneeing him right in the uh, going knee to knee with him. Like just just something stupid like a Derrick Rose incident. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'll take the over as well. He's healthy. Corey Joseph is going to help keep him healthier. Yep. He'll and lean into those minutes. He'll he's get... in the best physical shape of his life. And yeah. he was pretty upset last year doing those back spasms and being out and just, just chronic injuries that nagged him. And we saw it all the way up until the postseason. It buried him in the effing postseason. Yeah, I think he's going to be a lot more conscious of his health this year and yeah. want to stay healthy. So I'll take the over 17 and a half. Back spasms. Yep, go ahead. Last little fun one here. Bruno Caboclo, games played, 11 and a half. These are games with the Raptors, not the Raptors. I was going to say, <laughs> so. I was ready to sit down. And I was like, wait. But wait, we have, we that's that's a podcast for another day. <laughs> so over under eleven and a half games for Bruno. He played eight last year. I'm gonna say under. Under it. Eh? I gotta say under. Um, he has not done well. Actually, no. It's it's not even so much him. It's just the situation. Like when he got picked up, nobody expected, and I mean nobody expected the Raptors to be where they were when they picked him up. Um, he was the kind of guy. He's the kind of guy. Honestly, like he'd be. He could he could crack he could I could see him actually cracking a starting roster if he'd gotten enough opportunities in a in a lesser team right, but because of the fact that you know the 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 what do you call it the position that he's playing right now is is so well covered for the Raptors uh, at the forward guard position that you know there's just no space for him. I think that he'll be a top scorer and a top draw for Raptors Raptors nine five and I'll actually get a little conspiracy theorist on you about this. The Mississauga I love Mississauga. You and me have both grown up in Mississauga. One thing we've known about Mississauga our entire lives living there is that Mississauga is horrible at pro- at, at supporting professional sports teams. It, they don't even they can't even support hockey. That's how bad Mississauga's sports scene is when it comes to when it comes to promoting and supporting professional clubs. And I think having a guy like Bruno playing in the Hershey Center consistently for the organization will do marginally well things to get the fans in that city interested in the Raptors because he is the only face, he is the only name right now that we know is going to be consistently playing for that team. He is the only face and he is the only name that anybody in Mississauga would pay a ticket to go watch, especially considering the prices that they've put up there now. Or if you put Anthony Bennett down there for a little bit too, that'll always help. Oh, well, well he was a DNP today. So, <laughs> I mean, don't... <laughs> I don't. I'm sure he wouldn't mind. He could probably stay at his own parents' house. <laughs> He's it's only up the road. <laughs> yeah, I, I the thing for me for, with Bruno is that he's only 20 years old. He's still a kid. He's extremely young in this league. He's still learning. Uh, I'll take the over 11 and a half games. I think injuries happen over an 82 game season, especially when these guys are playing as many games in a row as they are. The travel, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. The life of a pro athlete can be grueling. It'll wear you down. I'll bank on Bruno getting those extra four games this year. He'll he'll hit 12. He'll play a couple garbage minutes here and there. Let's say a guy like Norman Powell goes down or mm-hmm. some injury to somebody on the end of the bench where Bruno can come in and just chip in a few minutes to relieve the guys at the end of the night. So <laughs> give me the over 11 and a half. Nice. And that was our uh, edition of Over and Under, the Toronto Raptors 2015-2016 season. And that just about finishes up our Raptors edition of the TOT cast. Once again, congratulations to the Raptors coming away with the home opener victory over the Pacers. And be sure to check them out as they head to Boston to take on the Celtics Friday night. 
On behalf of the Fan Sided Network, I would like to thank everybody for tuning into this podcast. Tipofthetower.com is where we are at. You can always get us on Twitter at Tip of the Tower. You can also reach myself at Ryan Greco 416 You can also reach Chris O'Kranitz at Chris O'Kranitz on Twitter. And always be sure to like our Facebook page. Until next time, everybody have a fantastic day. And thank you once again for joining us on the TOT Cast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.